0: I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre-Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Part 2. Gates in the Bible Gates, like doors, are frequently mentioned hundreds of times throughout the Bible. Though sometimes a gate is just a gate, in other instances gates take on more metaphorical meanings. In literal form, gates are often perceived as a device to secure property on the inside of its confines. But a gate is actually defined as a hinged barrier used to close an opening in a wall, fence, or hedge. By definition, a gate is installed more often to deter entry as opposed to facilitating it. In Genesis 19, We find the first message of a literal gate in the city of Sodom. Lot, who instructed angels to eventually leave the wicked city, is described as sitting in the gate. This meant metaphorically that Lot had not distanced himself from the wicked city. Not in or out, it might be said he was figuratively on the fence. It is no wonder God orchestrated an exit plan for Lot and his family. But in this podcast, we're just focusing on the gates. Back in those biblical times, important business transactions were made at the city gates. Court was held and public announcements were made. It was also written in Mosaic Law that the parents of a rebellious son were told to bring him to the city gate, where elders could pass judgment after facts and testimonies were heard. If an adversary ever gained control of a city gate, they were perceived to have entirely conquered it. Gates are also places to watch in order to protect others from disease or intruders. Lepers were kept outside the city gates, as recorded in 2 Kings 7.3. Some people, including the aforementioned lot, were known to sit at the gate. Neither in nor out, these individuals tried to straddle the fence, so to speak. They had one foot inside the city and another a bit outside, where security, law, and order were less predictable. We see this in culture today, where God-fearing people water down their values and principles around others to blend in, to an anything goes society. Jesus Christ refers to himself as the gate in John 10. He says, "I am the gate; whoever enters through me will be saved," and later declares, "I have come that they may have life and have it to the full." Jesus himself referred to a gate as a place that is narrow. "This is the gate of the Lord; the righteous shall enter through it." And in Matthew 7:13, Jesus specifies his followers to enter in By the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. In Mark ten two he goes on to explain that there is only one group of people who will enter into the kingdom of God. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Finally, in Revelation twenty one twenty one, we read about the twelve gates in the New Jerusalem. Within the confines of these gates is the temple gate. When Jesus comes again in glory, its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. All twelve of the gates of heaven are adorned with a single pearl. This reference alludes to Jesus' parable of the pearl bought at great price, as recorded in Matthew 13:46. Jesus Christ values each of His children as a pearl, and He paid the price of His earthly life to redeem each and every one of us. May we rest in the sanctuary of His great love and priceless redemption, all the while keeping watch inside His sheltering gates, for when He comes again in all His glory. I like to read now an excerpt from my first book, The Side Door, entitled, Where Intruders May Attempt Entry. In quaint small towns, some citizens boast how they never lock their doors. Whether their judgment is sound or naive, they base their decision on the feeling that they are safe and do not need the protection of a lock. Today's lifestyles seem to require a barrage of locks, a padlock for the locker at the gym or your bike, a low jack system for the car, both a deadbolt and a standard lock for the door of your home, and passcode locks for iPads and cell phones. In this day and age, it's probably wise to lock the doors of your home. The newspapers are filled with story after story about burglaries, robberies, Entails tales of people trying to break into homes and cars to steal things. But some doors are more fortified than others, and some may require more vigilance to secure. A lock is only effective if it's properly used. The enemy would like nothing more than to rob you of your joy and peace. God, of course, supplies the peace that passes all understanding, and that's from Philippians 4, seven. He invites us to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and praise, and the joy that experience brings. And that's from Psalm 104. The enemy waits for opportunities to prey on those unprepared for his attacks. Sometimes they are overt. Other times they are more subtle. And before we know it, we have stumbled. We must plan our defense before the attack is made. If you leave your door of resolve open, the enemy will break in and steal. And that's from Matthew 6:19. This will happen before you realize it. If we don't guard our hearts, we are vulnerable to all kinds of sabotage, depression, hopelessness, violence, even criminal wrongdoing. But if you secure your door and resolve to prevent the enemy from getting in, you will have prevented that opportunity from happening. We need to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that's from Colossians 3, two. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, Paul cautions against giving Satan an opening For yet more mischief, we are not oblivious to His sly ways. We may not be oblivious, but we are not always on guard, either. We need God to put His armor on every day. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, and that's from Ephesians 6.11. If we take the time and effort to submit ourselves to God's protection— we will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And that's from Ephesians 6.16. Going out without our armor is the spiritual equivalent of leaving the house without our underwear. We must protect ourselves by keeping a tight rein on the good and actively seeking God's protection as a blockade to keep out the rest. And the keys to kingdom living are, keep your door locked and wear your armor of God so you can fight off temptation and and make godly choices, and the doorpost is, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10 10 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.